So COVID-19 and lockdown is now our new reality, which means that most of us are working from home. Um, and what that means is not only are you avoiding the guy you used to try to avoid at the coffee uh, stand in the office, you're also missing out on something, and that's an intangible, an intangible that's important to a lot of businesses. And it's around culture and how do you keep a team together, how do you keep people sane, uh, and how do you make sure that whilst we are all working virtually, we're also still working together at the same time and dancing to the same um, drum beat. So joining us today is Deirdre Jensen, who is uh, from Game to Change, and we'll talk a little bit about her entrepreneurial journey, but then we'll also talk about this very, very big intangible but an equally important part uh, of modern business, business mm -hmm. just generally speaking. Deirdre, welcome. Thank you, thank you. Thank Thanks you for making the, the time. The, the time and to share my, my story and also just um, just some, some insights that I've gained through this, this, this very interesting period of time that I think we've, we'll all only experience once in our lives. I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no, thank you, KG. Let, let's start with your personal journey. Yes. Um, tell us a bit about the business, but also what life was before Game to Change. So, so I, um, I was a consultant and I worked for a, consult, a big consulting company and um, we worked like crazy on projects as I was in the, tr uh, the training and the change side and um, I realised that my personality, my creativity was all going to waste and I felt very frustrated. Mm -hmm. I mean I worked with some great brands um, but I just, you know, it's almost something you know in your, your heart of hearts that the longer you stay in here the more your whole, your, your, your purpose is just being, um, being lost. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, ha I had a moment of, this is not for me, but what do I do now? Um, and I decided to, you know, I was working crazy hours and I decided this is not for me. And I was lucky enough that I had some savings and I could take some time off. And I went on this discovery journey, doing all these crazy things, finding myself in this process. And in this, this year of contemplation and doing a little bit of consulting work on the side is I just, I was, I was coming from a learning background and teaching people in corporate environments and I used to sit in, in, in workshops and classrooms and people would be like these um, shells, there'd be no personality, there'd be no engagement. And um, as, as a trainer, it's one of the most disheartening things because mm. you're giving everything. And then what I started to do is I started to bring games into engagement because I was just getting so bored myself. <laughs> so to keep yourself away. Yeah, 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 exactly, to entertain myself. And all of a sudden, people who, who, who were these very uptight bankers, they'd have the, these alter egos come out and people would engage in this process. So I thought there's something to this. Yeah. And there's something to how we, we teach people, something to how we look at humanity in the corporate environment. Um, and there's just more to life than, than being this, this, this brain that sits behind uh, a, a title. A, yeah, a title, yeah. exactly that. Um, so when I first started sharing this with my associates and my family, they thought I was crazy. I actually had my family and friends do a group intervention to stop me from... <laughs> are, you, are you being serious? I'm being dead That's serious. And I told them I'm going to make a business out of games and learning. They were, okay, Deirdre, we're gonna, we, we've got to sit you down. Because this is not going to work. I'm just imagining this issue. Hi, guys. Why are we here? Genuine, genuine. And, and listen, it, it has been a tough journey. Um, but, you know, every, every now and again, when I really hit a, hit a low point, I get a, a request or a client come to me and I do some work with them and it's just, just amazing. Yeah. I would just, 
I just saw what it did to people and I think that kept me going and I have had some very challenging times and there's been a lot of educating of people of what more learning can be, what more engagement can be mm. in this environment. And I think what's also um, helped me on, on my journey, because I started as a solopreneur, is um, how things have shifted. So how technology has also allowed a shift and a new way of thinking. Mm. And it's interesting because, you know, when, when the whole COVID thing hits, I think we all like, what what is life going to be about? Or what's after this? You just don't know. It's such a huge amount of uncertainty. But it's but it's almost creating this disruption where we, we can create a new playing field. Yeah. And as much as it's really challenging and it's really hard um, at moments, um, you know, it's a wonderful opportunity to do things differently. And actually for me, I managed to, do, to, to change how I did business, um, to do business better and to find better ways and mm. also to let go of how I thought things should have been done. Right. Which is really interesting because we did a lot of tactile games, so we, we designed games so that people could, through the game, they'd learn and they'd also engage better. So we did a lot of um, actual sessions with people in it. Mm. Um, so that was our business. 60% of our business was, was face-to-face. And then you come into a world of no touch. And then I come into a world of no touch. And, and luckily enough, I had some digital and IT experience and I had two developers on my team. And I had to change. Mm. I had to like, okay, you know what? I've got to pay um, these people in my team. I've got to make things different. I've got to think differently. And it was really, I mean, I was, I think like for a month, I was like a deer in the headlights. <laughs> <laughs> and then we started to really getting into the digital side. Um, so obviously our, our face-to-face, and our t- that's still there, and I'm sure it'll come back and we'll blend it in, mm-hmm. but we really just ramped up what we can do in the digital space. And mm-hmm. I think when you really apply your mind to something and you really don't have an option, I really believe like not having a plan B is probably one of the best ways to succeed as an entrepreneur. Burn the boats. When you burn the boats, there's no exactly, way Exactly, Tony that's Robbins. Yeah. Uh, I always remember <laughs> that. And whenever, like I was up in the corner... And I've had many of those corners where you like, you've maxed out your credit cards, <laughs> you've done everything. Nobody's taking your calls anymore because they know you're going to borrow Nobody's taking your calls. Call. And you find a way, you always find a way. Yeah. So, so I believe necessity and, and really being up against the wall is where people really find the best versions of themselves. Mm. And it's, it's traumatic. <laughs> you might need some counseling afterwards. <laughs> but but you, you, that's where you really innovate. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that's been my journey. And, and obviously it started myself for two years and I was doing everything and I was in an office on my own. Um, and I was just trying to sell this concept and, and educate people around it. Um, and then we got a couple of, um, We've got a couple of really nice big um, companies who bought into the idea and, and it's people who are willing to take a chance on me and mm-hmm. willing for me to do something different, which is really unusual, especially in a corporate space, because it's it's almost risk avoidant. You of know, course. people don't want to put their neck out. But I was lucky enough that there's been a couple of sponsors out there who said, you know what, this I think this can work and I think you can do it. Yeah. And I'm gonna take a chance on you. And and through them taking a chance on me allowed me to start growing this business and, and offering um, opportunities for people out there. So, I mean, my other passion is there's such incredible graduates and people and they just need the structure and the guidance to really allow their talents to come out. Mm. So, we are a team now of, of six. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So, um, and, and it really, it's not just me, it's the team. It's the people who come together, it's the people who bring it all together, and they, they have really been loyal. They have taken the, the knock with me during a time of challenge. Um, and yeah, it's about finding your tribe and finding the people you can create and make a difference in the world with what you do. There is so much that you've given in that opening, right? That I'm just like, where do I even begin? Do we go into your story um, and, and speak to particular moments that you found really challenging? Mm -hmm. Do we go to how does one build a tribe? Because that's really uh, what your business is about. It's not just gamifying for the sake of gamifying, mm -hmm. but a component of that is how do you put teams together and effectively so. Um, so I'm going to leave it to you. Do you, do you want to take us to a moment, just from an entrepreneurial journey perspective, mm. where you found yourself not knowing back from front, top yes. from bottom? Yes. Um, and if you don't mind taking us there, but also taking us through what you practically did. Because you know what I love? You go to these seminars, right? Yes, yes. And they, they tell you the hero story. It's amazing. Like, oh yes, my God, yes, I'm starting with nothing. Yes, You're not yes. a billionaire. <laughs> yes, yes. There's so much that's happened in between there. So if you don't mind sharing yes. just one of those moments. I, and I've had, I've had a couple of them. And yeah. they, they have been, um, I mean, I can, you know, they've been really tough moments. They've been moments where I started to take people on board. And, you know, I'm also very creative and intuitive. So, so my, sometimes my logic and my analytical side gets lost. <laughs> <laughs> so I just think I can do it. And then the practicalities. And, and I mean, I definitely found that, that bringing people, it's, it brings a new level of responsibility. Mm. Um, you know, they've got families, they rely on you. Um, and one thing that I did learn was was how to, to be more plan around what you have to have a buffer in place because I did have a moment where I had um, a team there were three of us and there was like nothing, nothing. Yeah. so client invoices were just sitting there and I'd, I'd maxed out every possible form of cash to bring into the business um, and I think it's you know it's it's those people your support network it's, it's those people, and if you're really passionate about something, people mm. will, you've got to be very humble, it's a very humbling experience, because oh, yeah. you've got to ask people, oh, and sometimes they're going to say no, and sometimes, but in most cases, you know, if, you, if you're courageous, and if you're resourceful, you will find what it takes to make it happen. Mm. Uh, and, and I mean, th this happened about two years ago, and I mean, it was a very emotional moment for me, and I think I wasn't even worried about myself at that point. It was just like, how am I going to pay salaries? Um, and I think what's also happened, and also maybe what's happened in the space, is before banks are very risk averse. So to get funding is incredibly challenging. Yeah. Um, and I had, I mean, I've had so many things in my favour, and I found it incredibly challenging. So someone who hasn't had all everything that I had, it's, it's a really hard journey, and there's so many risks. You know, there's not people willing to to take that that, that chance, and you need that chance. Um, and I had people around me who were willing to do that, and, and willing to, to, to help me take that next step, and, and, and believe that within a two-month period I could pay them back and do all of that. Yeah. Um, but that was a very... Alternate financing, as I call it. Alternate financing. <laughs> yeah. And what's happening now, it's very interesting, is that there are companies who are coming up and saying, you know, we can do this, we can do invoice discounting, you know, so I think that there's changes that are happening. While a few years ago, there's a lot of rigidity in terms of what you could do and what you couldn't do. Yeah. Um, and interestingly, I think those changes are coming as a result of entrepreneurial initiative itself. So yes. it's not necessarily coming from your, your, your big corporates and, and your big banking systems. It's coming from entrepreneurs who've walked the journey. And now the place where they can actually say, you know what, I've been there. 
let's create some sort of value to entrepreneurs who are walking through that um, that space as well. Definitely, definitely. Tell me, when you say you had a year before sort of figuring it out, how important do you think that was for you that that year, and what happened in that year before you went into into business? So that was that was invaluable because I think I mean everyone talks about purpose and it's like yeah you could but I think you've got to know yourself mm. you really got to know yourself and, and you've got to be very self-honesty like what am I where are my, where are my strengths and where are my weaknesses who am I and, and who it's, it's who am I but also knowing where you need help mm. and where you can leverage um, and also I think for me which was one of the biggest steps was being in, in a corporate environment I almost think if you haven't you, it's so much easier because I had this this is where I, I sat and this is my role and, I, and it almost like put me in a box and I had to get out of that box because I thought how can I go and speak to other CEOs how can I go I, I didn't because I'd always been in this this, this layered hierarchical system mm -hmm. so I almost ne needed to let go of that identity and form a new identity uh, an identity that was like bigger and that allowed me to explore more and be braver to step into new space so I think it's 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 really critical that you know yourself mm -hmm. um, and that your limit you, you understand where your limitations are because that's the only thing that's going to hold you back yeah I think what I'm hearing is unlearning yes. right I'm hearing personal development which I suspect is a continuous thing yes, yes. right um, I'm hearing a, a, bit, a bit of imposter syndrome as well, yes, which yes. we are all going to have. Yes, yes. Um, but what, one thing that stood out for me is in just the little interaction we had, when you mentioned Tony Robbins, you know that there are very few people who pick out things like that just based on a phrase. And for me, what it says is this person is invested in, in their own personal development. The fact that you reference Tony means that you're continuously doing that. So okay. it, outside of the fact that you happen to work in the training and teaching space, yeah. um, what, what rituals do you do? What, what things do you have in place to keep you sane as the jockey of this horse that is the yeah. business that you're yeah. in? So, so I, I realize it's self-management. It's self um, so for me, I mean, I watch a lot of motivational clips on, on YouTube. Hey, girl. <laughs> <laughs> <I'm five. laughs> and, and there's incredible, there's incredible, and I think, you know what, you know the stuff, but every, you need to keep refreshing and you mm. need to keep inspired. Um, and you need to, to find those people who've gone through those things that you think is impossible because yeah. it is possible. So, so for me, that's, that's invaluable. I think the other thing is just your own well-being. And it's very easy to get sucked up in, in everything and all the demands. Because if you're not looking after yourself, and I've hit it a couple of times where I almost burn out, is making sure that you're centered. It's also about being mindful, being present, because you're dealing with people, you're dealing with stress, and how do you keep yourself grounded? And so, so one of my, my most, um, what I've learned in the last year is, is I've actually found this, this, this great Dutch guy called Wim Hof. Okay. And he's all about, um, and I've heard it a couple of times, regulating your nervous system through breathing. So, so the interesting thing is when we get panicked and stressed, it's very hard for us to get out of that through our heads. Mm -hmm. Breathing is one of the quickest way of us getting ourselves calm. And we don't, we don't do enough of that in our world. Our world is fast-paced. Yes. And that, like just doing that practice, and, and, and he says um, cold water, it, it, it really like makes your, your nervous system more it away. The lymphatic system also goes yeah. into And, and you're yeah. present. More present, and I can tell you, I've had some moments where it's been really like even with my team members where they've had their own challenges and they bring it in, and and, and you want to react, but you can't. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's where 
you do those practices to keep you mindful. Um, though sometimes you are, you are human. You That's know? the thing. You must. <laughs> nobody said we're perfect. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, you're, exactly. you're not to improve, right? Exactly. Um, I, I could spend literally this whole episode <laughs> talking about like entrepreneurship and your journey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but let's move to to your area of expertise, which yes. is uh, gamifying um, content and learning content yeah, yeah. Uh, to be particular. But what I want to talk about is we are now in a world where we yeah. can't touch, where we can't be in the same offices because we're dealing with this uh, global pandemic. Um, what we are losing in that is, again, that intangible yeah. magic that makes a, a team that makes yeah. a tribe. I love Simon Sinek and I love yes, a lot of his yes. teachings and how he speaks about this golden circle and sense of purpose and why and how yeah. the tribe gathers around this why, right? Um, even in having that in place, when you're not in the same space with each other, how do you stay connected yeah. to each other? So, so my question is, what should we be doing to keep company culture or to grow, to create company culture in a time when we cannot be in the same space? So I think that's very, and, and, and we as humans are, are social creatures, so we're wired for that. So, mm -hmm. so this is actually quite a stressful time. And what, what, what we've, the work we've done, I've done with my team and, and done with other clients, is we've used tools just to make people just relax because it's so so stressful. So so we've actually found. I mean, this is we obviously use use games as a way of learning and to engage. And we've actually found there's some great online games mm -hmm. that you can play as a team. So we did like a, a Pictionary. So before what happened when this hap uh, when this went down, we're all working from home and 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 we had to connect through our team meetings and um, we'd go online and we'd talk and it was very like no energy and then unmute your mic unmute your mic phrase of 2020 and then we started to do these these games where we played them and it was also like sharing stuff about each other and they're all online and um, the team just started to have fun and, and, it's, and that energy came back um, and, and that really was, I realized that people didn't dread those meetings, they started to enjoy it and they started to also engage better with each other. Mm. So I mean, there's, there's a lot of games that are, are, are really affordable, that's out there, that's online, that can create that social element between your team because yeah. now they're not standing around the water cooler. Now they're not, um, you know, having those after work drinks. drinks. There's no bosperats, there's, there's no, no functions. Yeah, around. yeah. So you've got to bring that sociable element and it helps people relax and it also makes them more comfortable having a screen in front of them. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it does. But look, there's nothing that can replace that that one-on-one. -on -one. So, so we're lucky enough we're a small team. Yeah. We obviously work from home mostly, but when we do get together, we try and maximize that time. We try and use it to brainstorm. We try and use it just to connect with each other. Mm -hmm. um, and my team was saying, yeah, you know, you also get lazy and you just want to sit at home. And I say, no, you know what? We need to have, we're lucky enough that we're in the same area. We need to have regular touch-ins. It doesn't mm -hmm. have to happen all the time, but we need to just see each other to work together. Um, I think the other thing is we've almost got to over-communicate. Um, Tell me about that. What does that mean, over-communicate? So, so, you know, when you talk to someone and when we're having this conversation, we, we, we're reading each other's body language, we're mm. picking up so much more information. Um, and when you're sitting in an office together, you have that benefit. When you don't, um, it's so much harder. So you almost need to, to put something in a, in a, maybe you use a meeting, an online meeting tool, but then we use an online project management tool where we put everything down to reinforce it. I mean, we've got a, everyone's got a WhatsApp group, but mm. that also can be used for certain things. We've got a team. So we almost communicate, I, I almost say we've got to communicate things three times. 
so that everyone understands. Um, and it is more work, you know, that's the, that's the, the, I mean, as much as we've got this spare time, we're not sitting in traffic, but we've actually got to put more energy and focus on communicating and working together mm -hmm. to really make it at the level that maybe it was pre-COVID. So, so part of sort of working with a team environment is that it's not always nice. So there, there, there's, there's conflict that arises in, <laughs> in any team, in any healthy team, in fact, yes. I would argue, right? Um, for, for the leader or the business owner or the entrepreneur who um, doesn't know how to deal with crisis and crisis, as in deal with issues and people uh, when things are bad at this time, what advice do we give to them? How do you, um, you know, handle bad behavior when you're not anywhere near each other and, and, and give peace to the rest of the team and keep the, keep, uh, the team synergy alive? Yeah, and it's, and it's a tough one because you... You know, if you're in the, the position where you can't have a face-to-face -face conversation and you've got to have a difficult or crucial conversation, mm. you know, I mean, the best way is probably your, your online, your video conferencing, because you do need to have that face-to-face, -face. Mm. And, and you've got to gauge where people are. I mean, for me, it's, it's firstly, you've got to keep people motivated. I think one of the key things in culture is people are feeling fear. There's a lot of fear, and it may not be verbalized, yeah. but it comes out in other ways. It comes out in, in, in not putting ideas forward. It comes out in holding back. It comes out in so many other... So I think you've got to give people a sense of comfort that if they show up and they're present, that you know you, you, you have their back. I love that because what I'm reading into that is that you're saying you almost need to create a, a safe space in, yes. in the ether. Because, yes, yes. again, it's, it's virtual. So yes, it's not like yes. you can say, this is a safe room that you walk into and everything's safe in here is fine. But, but you need to somehow inspire that it's safe. Yes. It's okay for you to communicate. It's okay for you to say you're stressed. Yes. Because what I've found, and I, 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 my fiancé, sometimes when we're working at home together, she is losing her mind literally yeah. because she, her workload has almost doubled. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think not all businesses are aware of the, the, the psychological impact. Yeah. But also what's happening is the employee is afraid of communicating that I can't deal with this level of pressure because job stability is, is, is a real concern. So I love what you're saying about create a safe space, allow people to be able to come into the works to share ideas or to share ingredients, but make sure that you make room for that. But maybe practically, what do we do? Do we create a session once a week? Is it a session once a month where people can come in and just have a catharsis moment? Or what would be some great ideas around that? Yeah, so, so we, I mean, we do a once a week session where everyone comes in and we, we look at an issue. I think the other thing is, I think you've got to create a safe space, but you've also got to create, like, this is our rules of engagement. Mm -hmm. This is how we show up, and this is some things, and this is around culture and values, and, and it's the things that we do. And what are those things that are, like, not negotiable? So, I mean, I'll give a practical example with someone in my team who had a very negative attitude, probably fear, um, but, I, you know, I had, to, I had to have that one on one session to say, you know, uh, uh, the reason I'm bringing it up because it affects the whole team um, and, and these are the ways and, and give actual examples so these are the ways that it comes out and this is how it has to change mm -hmm. so you give people practical ways that they can change it if you just make it a character attack um, what, what does someone do with it they take it personally and it builds up so I think you've got to give direction to say this is how you need to show up and, and if this particular behavior 
is not going to work for you and for the team and for taking us forward. So if people understand the bigger picture and why certain things have to happen, they're far more motivated to change their behavior. Um, but it's a fine balance between motivating but also not letting you know things unravel yes. at the same time. It's a tricky time to do that. Yeah. Coming out of this, um, out of this period that we're in, there's going to be some lessons that we learn um, that will serve us well going back into sort of the working life, the bricks and mortar yeah. environment. Uh, in your own observation, perhaps in your own team or with some of the clients that you work with, what would you say are two or three gems that we really need to leverage um, from having gone through this shakeup that mm. we've gone through? So I think how, definitely how we work. I mean, the work structure. I, I think. The, the way of eight to five, um, that's changed. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it's a whole output driven, um, but that also takes skill to do that mm -hmm. and to manage it and to manage it well. And I think people will have more flexibility and more freedom. I think there's, there's a belief system that you have to be sitting at a desk for so many hours to get X out. No matter what the research says. No, yeah, 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 yeah. No matter what the research says. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I say to, to my team. I mean, I've had to change my management style. It's been very hard because I'm thinking, well, this is your output. You need to deliver it. So maybe it's going to take you for one project 16 hours and you're going to have to work through the weekend. Mm -hmm. Or you might, what will happen is it's two hours and you get the whole day off. So it's kind of a balance. And I think that's also where employees have to manage themselves in that. They've also got to learn on their boundaries. And, and how, I mean, as you're saying, your fiancé working from home, and a lot of people just got so much more work, um, either through, you know, companies getting more out of people, um, and it's how do you manage that um, so that you don't have a breakdown in that, because it's not going to serve anyone. Yeah. Um, and I think a lot of companies are doing the, those resilience courses, but it's the practice, it's the mm. practice, and putting, to say, okay, I'm working from home now, this is where I work from home. I don't have any distractions. This is my time period. And there's a boundary between when I'm working and when I'm having my, my personal life. Because yeah. I work from home and I found it one of the most challenging things. Look, the fridge is right there. The yeah. TV remote is right next to you. It's, it's a very distracting It's very. And I found that when I was working, I was wanting to watch TV. When I was watching TV, I felt guilty that I was working. <laughs> and I think you've got to create like those psychological boundaries yeah. between the two. Um, so I think it's definitely going to change how we work. We're going to have to put new rule places and rules in place, or, or and different expectations of ourselves. Different expectations. Now. I think it's, I think I almost feel like there's becoming less. Like I know we work with a lot of clients, and and before it was very much us and them, and there's almost like a merging between providers, clients. Everything is becoming this ecosystem. Yeah. Um, and very had, fluid. Yeah, and it was very interesting because we're talking last night with some friends around the they've got um, Generation Z and how people have all these different, you know, their influences and they're doing translation. So I also think that the type of work we're gonna we're gonna have people who've got mul uh, multiple portfolios, mm. um, and it's not gonna be as structured as it was, let's say, 10 years ago. Yeah, and like you said, then at that point, output is what you should be measuring. Yes, the same yeah. Where that person is sitting in front of a laptop for, for yeah. four hours or six hours at a time. Totally. So, um, the great thing about conversation is yes. you can always revisit it. So, yes. we're definitely going to have this conversation again when I come back to it. Yes. Right? Um, because I feel like there's so much we can discuss. Yes. But there are two things that I want you to share as, as we wrap our conversation up. One is what it is that you guys do at Game to Change, right? right. So, speaking specifically to, to what it is that you're 
But then, and we ask everybody on the show this. Yes. Looking back at the year that's been 2020, there's yes. been so much that's happened, and a lot of a large part of it has been sort of unhealthy for the lack of a better term, stressful. Yeah. Yeah. What one moment stands out for you, whether it's business or in your personal life, that you choose to take away as a positive out of 2020? So, so game to change. We are. A a creative learning and change consultancy and we use games and experiential learning to facilitate better learning engagement between teams um, so we've actually taken a lot of our work now into the digital space so we have gamified experiences so if a client wants to learn about compliance they can actually play a game on that so you know for any company who has some um, content or or learning that they really need to make more engaging and more effective or have, has a message and they need to get across or educate. We are very creative and we do it in a way that, that um, makes it stick with people. So, so that's in a nutshell what we do. Awesome. Um, and I think if, if there's one thing, and I, it's also been an incredibly like, challenging year, but the one thing that I, that I look back and I was kicking and screaming when this all went down and I was like, but everything was working so well in my business. <laughs> and then I just had to like turf out 60% and we're about to launch a new on a tactile project. But when I reflect on it, I fast track things I should have done two years ago. Right. And, and unless this had happened, I think I would have just stayed in my comfort zone, yeah. honestly. So that's the one, the one positive I take out of it. Well, there you have it, Gabriel Jensen from Game to Change. Thank, Thank you so much you. for giving your time. And speaking so honestly, I yes. love it. Thank I love you. it. This wasn't an interview, this was a chat. I had a great time. Excellent. Thank you.